The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. If you've been sitting on the sidelines in 2023 because you got scared, maybe maybe you got it handed to you a little bit like we did. Today's podcast, we're going to share with you some momentum movers, some accountability to growing your passive income at least 25% in 2024. Now, technically, Stallion, we can't help them grow their own passive income 25%, but we're going to talk about how we're going to do it and the things that we messed up. That That's right? right. Well, and let me be honest. I really wanted, I was buying for 24% increase in 2024, just to make it simple. But I'm okay if we round it up. I'm good. Like, let's go for 25 Well, the key here is that we have to learn how to become a better investor. And no. We, we made some mistakes this past year, bro. I'm just looking back at some of the things that we did not do um, and the things that we did do, right? Here's yeah. a couple of things that, that we did that did not result. Like we did a JV deal, right? In the land space that has produced to date, no income. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be no income coming back towards us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we bought some cars and did the Turo deal. And for me... I had no income. Now, hey, lesson learned. I didn't buy a car. I just gave my existing car over to an operator who has produced some income. We're going we're to cover that today. So I also, uh, you and I got into, we bought an ice maker, like not one that goes in your house, but one of those huge things that spits out bags of ice. And right now it's produced no income because we still don't even have it in front of a store yet it's like we're still trying to search for a location mm, maybe not a great idea yeah location is important by the way we're, you know if ice has to be where people want to buy ice yeah another thing that we uh that, that we did that didn't work out so well is that we we took crypto that we had been making in the last three or four years and we put it into blockfi that went bankrupt mm. That, that didn't that didn't work out so well. I do not recommend. Do not recommend. We we also, against our better judgment, invested in a deal that ended up becoming or was they didn't become. I think it was always a Ponzi scheme. It was a fraud, a sham. And and by the way, just so you know, at the end of 2022, we made that investment thinking that was going to add almost eighty thousand dollars to our income for our passive income report. And instead we lost all that money and went backwards. So I, I think that's we a, also that's a lesson learned. We lost momentum, right? We lost probably, I think a part of that process is the, uh, the thing I think we did well maybe is that we were actually just stacking cash. We just, we bought three insurance policies, but I mean, it didn't produce a passive income for us. Well, but here's the deal, Russ. I don't want you to poo-poo that idea. 
because you're listening right now from wherever you're at and you may have been stuck in the same kind of thought process that Russ and I were. I'm not really sure where to invest. I'm kind of waiting to see what the market's going to bring. All these interest rates are going crazy. Like, I don't know what to do. So I just sit on cash. But what we chose to do, Russ, I think this is a big win, is we looked for ways to put our cash in the best location while we waited. And for us, that was buying existing insurance policies that are already very profitable on their own. So I don't think you should poo-poo that. Well, I, I get that. I, you know, but I, I want to see some movement, man. Like if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you, you can see that we're sharing our passive income report. And this is looking back at 20, uh, November of 2023. And we put, you know, almost 39,000 on the board, but that's, that's just, a, if, if we're looking at where we're tracking right now, so far in 2023, we've done 537,000 net income in our passive income operations. And at this pace, we will have about a five and a half percent growth over 2022. I want to talk about how do we go from 5% growth this year to 25% in 2024. If you're interested in some of the things that we're doing, some of the ideas and things and frameworks that you might be able to apply in your world, stay with us as we jump into it right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Okay, Stallion, let's talk about the the calculated steps we're going to take moving forward as we think through investing decisions and what those investing criteria are for us. I, I'd love to talk about a strategy that we're employing that maybe um, you, as you're listening to this, maybe you're like, hey, I might be able to do that because I have some of these things that are needed to do it. And then lastly, I'd love for us to, you know, we kind of started off the intro talking a lot about things that didn't go right, but we did have some wins. Let's talk about some of those wins and also some of those ex, uh, exciting things that we have that are going to uh, propel us forward to hitting that 25% goal for ourselves in 2024. You good with that? I'm good, man. Let's do it. All right. So talk to me about the criteria. Everyone who interviews us always loves to ask us the question, where are you guys investing? And before we answer that, we always say, well, it has to be based upon your investor DNA. It has to be based upon the investor buy box that you've created for yourself. So for you and I, what is our investor buy box? What are the main components of it? Well, so you, you know, Russ, I'm going to, today is going to be a lot about what I would say my super power is, and that's relationships, Right relationships with an operator or relationships with whoever you're going to invest with are super important. But at the end of the day, that is not the end of your buy box, right? Relationship is great, but it, it can't be the end. And let me, let me explain what I mean by that. We have people that you and I have gone very deep in relationship with over the last several years. We've been with them in events. 
We've done podcast interviews. We've done sidebar conversations. We've looked at their investments in detail. And we've spent the time building those relationships. But at the end of the day, if the investments that they offer do not create cash flow and create cash flow quickly, we're just not, we're out, right? It, it does no hard feelings, right? Uh, we love you. We want to work with you, but it just isn't possible because the investment doesn't fit the buy box. Secondly, if there's not an opportunity for some sort of tax strategy, we're, we're almost going to, we're going to be out unless there's something else that makes it just a, a, like a super win, right? Like maybe the cash flow is much higher, but there's no tax, you know, depreciation model, whatever. And I think the last thing is we are looking for ways to have some sort of, you know, influence, some way to, to see that it's not just a hope strategy. Appreciation is great, but it's always going to be one of the last things that we consider in our investing decision, what would you add to that or take away? Well, I, I, with those three levers, cash flow, tax strategy, and appreciation is the lens that we evaluate all deals. And the relationship is the accelerator to those three, right? With no relationship, it makes it really hard for us to get involved. Relationships are good because it gives us confidence or bad because it gives us false confidence. That's right? true. I, I would say 100%. some of the deals that we've lost money in was because we had relationships. But I do buy into the premise that if you're in a good deal with a bad partner, it's still going to be a bad deal. If you're in a bad deal with a good partner, you'll figure it out. So that's where that's relationships for me make sense. But making sure that it's deeper. I'm just not too, too invested in a relationship. It's not like that girlfriend or the you know, the, the girlfriend you thought you had, Joey, who lived out of town when you were in high school that you were telling all your friends about. Like, in your head, she was real, but to all your friends, they were like, yeah, this it's not really a real thing, man. So, like, we got to be careful that it's actually a real deal and it's just not a one-sided. Bro, I mean, who, who have you been talking to? Like, let's just, we didn't even know each other in high school. I mean, come on. I know I'm just busting you up, but everybody knows what we're talking about, right? Like we just got to make sure that we, we've got that down. So let's talk about from a cash flow perspective, why is it so important for you that if it doesn't cash flow in the first X period of time? Well, first, what is your criteria? How long are you willing to give it before it cash flows before you say, Hey, that's not the investment I would make. Well, I, I'll say this. I think the longest that I have, considered and to be honest i feel like i was i was making a, a poor choice in this matter was almost nine months right if it's beyond nine months before we start to cash flow to be honest there's just there's too much it, it, usually what that means is there's too much of a speculation to the cash flow to begin with right that means that the whatever the asset that i'm purchasing or the investment the investment group is purchasing has to be um, stabilized either from increasing the rents, uh, doing tons of renovations, whatever the case may be. And to me, that just leaves a variable that everybody has the intention of being a positive thing, but I would rather buy something that already has proven cash flow. And if it, have, if it has a dip for a little bit, that's great, but at least have some sort of cash flow, I would say within the first quarter to six months is what I'm, I'm targeting. Well, can I, well, let me play a devil's advocate in this deal, right? 
this is me thinking out loud on this, but Joey, if you're, you're doing that, that only means that you're coming in at the end of the game, right? Because it, every business has a ramp up period. Every business requires a time frame for it to stabilize. Doesn't matter how great it is, right? The, name me a business that immediately starts cash flowing outside of the treasury printing presses, right? It, they all have a startup phase. So if you're only getting in deals that are going to produce cash flow immediately, A, you're getting in the deal at the end, meaning there's going to probably be very little, if any, appreciation opportunity for you. No upside because it's been given to somebody else. Or B, you're probably going to get a much reduced return because you are taking very little risk to get the deal. How would you respond to that? What I would say is, first of all, as you get exposure to deals, there are plenty of deals out there that have some element of cash flow to them today that have a massive upside that have like the ability for that. So that is a narrow focus for me, but I feel like that there is, and maybe it's just because my investor DNA is that S profile, like a steady, I like some consistency. If it doesn't already have cash flow of some sort, to me that it it doesn't it doesn't create that position that I want to be in. I, I want to start to see that money trickling back even even at a small rate so that I I know that it's being properly managed and that it can then continue to increase from there. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the growth, but I also want to know that the asset is not um like I'm just not your guy that's going to go and do a flip deal. Like that, that to me doesn't. Yeah, but apply. a flip deal, I mean, it doesn't have to be a flip deal. I mean, there's a lot of different, I mean, they're in the multifamily space example, right? Like a lot of deals where they're going to go acquire, it's going to take six to nine months for them to maybe even close on that deal. And then once they close on it, they're going to take the capital that they've raised in order to renovate units, try to uh, juice up occupancy. I mean, like, and you see what I'm saying? Like there's a, a lot of investments that we can get into it, you you do a car wash deal, you do a self storage, you do a mobile home park. I mean, you're in the oil and gas space, maybe the industrial space. I mean, there's so many different spaces. Depending on when you're getting into the deal, they're raising capital. It's not like they close on the deal immediately. There's a ramp up here. So either you're getting in at the very end, and they're like, okay, we need an extra, you know, X dollars, and we're gonna let these guys in because somebody had to be on the front end. So you're saying you're not gonna be a front end person in order to do that. Or they're going to say, hey, we're going to go ahead and go buy a cash flowing property. This person that is exiting, we're going to pay a premium to get it. And because of that, the returns are going to be a little bit lower. Am I, now, hearing, you, am I hearing you saying that's the deals that you're okay with taking a less return just to go ahead and get cash flow from the beginning? Yeah. And, and I would say this, there are definitely some deals that, so it'd be a smaller percentage of the portfolio in my mind, that I'm willing to allow that business model to play out at a, over a longer period of time. But the vast majority of things I want to invest in are going to have some element of cash flow today. To be honest, there's way too many deals out there that meet that criteria. So I don't feel like I need to take the risk of the future speculative kind of, hey, this is going to work out if all these things play out. I would rather, I'd rather pass on those deals or put a very small percentage of what I'm going to invest in those. So I I would say though, I think that that is one of the reasons why our passive income did not grow as much is because we've held to those standards. And 
it, here's the thing. It's like insider, right? Like you want to see what, what's going on in Russ and Joey's brain. Let me, let me tell you, right? Like we pull it out and play with it and I'll share. Ooh, I, take my, take my brain out of my head. You know, you, you're with me. Sorry about that. Earmuffs. I should have given earmuffs there. All right. The idea that we, we're sitting here thinking like we have so much access. There's all of these opportunities. Which one do we take advantage of? Which one do we do next? And a lot of times we just sit back and watch instead of do. And that's what happened in 2023 is we watched our criteria, I think, was so tight that there was not a lot of those opportunities out there that we took advantage of. And it's why we only grew our passive income five and a half percent. And I mean, to be honest, like I think maybe I don't know if that's good or bad, but I do think that we sat back a lot trying to say, well, we can get a better cash flowing return than X. And we sat back waiting for it. And I think maybe we got distracted by the 2011 to 2022, like everything's a grand slam. And now no, no longer is that the case. And we're, we're saying, Hey, maybe that's not a big, huge win for us. The second thing, not to get too, too stuck on just cash flow, you said tax strategy. And I think most people know what you're talking about when you say there's something around the tax strategy part, but not everybody. Like, when you say when we're analyzing for tax strategy, what are those big components in your mind that you're like, it has to have A, B, or C, or it must have something other great? What's A, B, and C? What are those things in there? Well, b- before I jump into that, I want to mention one quick thing. I think another thing that kept you and I distracted was that we thought the next level for us in investing in 2023 was going to be building a fund. In fact, we've gone across the the world explaining this is what we're going to do in 2023. And we invested in the education to figure out that that really wasn't the best use of our time, money, or energy. And it's not something that we were really built to do because we don't, we don't have the bandwidth to do that, number one. And number two, it was kind of like the juice isn't worth the squeeze, if you will. Um, We just really figured that out. It took us a long time to do that. And I think that that kind of had us on the sidelines. Would you agree or disagree with that? I definitely thought we were going to build a fund and it wasn't because we couldn't raise the money. We could totally do it. I think it for us, the regulatory requirements behind the deal, like I'm, I'm comfortable raising money and, and going after deals. And if the deal doesn't work, just it, we all lose together. Cause I would, I would never raise money to something that I didn't have my own money. In, right. So like if I lose money, you lose money. We both bit the bullet. Right. But I, I think that it's just so much requirement. And we asked too many people in that world, how do you make that a passive business? We realize it's a business. How do you make it a passive business? How have you made it passive? And we never zero times out of however many times we asked the question, did we get back a response? Oh, I've made it passive by hiring A, B, C, D people. No, right. they were like, I work, I work constantly in this business. And for us, that I think was the the thing that just kept us pulled back saying, man, yep. you know, I don't want to get mixed up and dealing with the SEC and FINRA and all the requirements that have to go in there because there's a lot of details and I know that I'm not great with details. I'm going to fail in some detail and I don't want to do that. 
but also it was the idea that we could make it passive and not that, that that's okay. Right. For it to be uh, act passive for you, that means it has to be active for somebody else. Right. If you're going to invest in a deal, you want probably the person you're investing in to be super active. You want them to be involved. I think for you and I, that's the reason why we didn't do it. I, we've had plenty of people say, Hey, how can I invest with you? How can I invest beside you? There, yeah. we, we probably left a lot of money on the table, but Man, it just like our time is just worth more than any money that we can collect, I think. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. And I, I didn't want to get us derailed, but I wanted to add that point because I think it's important. We First of all, we told you we were going to do that and we did it. So there's a reason behind it. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. But to go back to the tax strategy question, uh, for me, the the investments again, and it's in that order, like cash flow first, then tax strategy. If we can get both, it's just a you know a winner sandwich, if you will, right? Is that is that a thing? Can I call it that? Uh, you did. I I love for like in the multifamily space when people start doing um, these these studies that allow us to take all of the depreciation in year one or maximize the depreciation in year one. Um, the cost segregation analysis that they're done, that's an important piece. If I'm going to invest in one of those type of deals and that's not being done, I'm going to, first of all, question why. And then secondly, I'm probably going to, you know, move on to a different operator because that's a, that's a missed opportunity. Well, I would say the, you go through the cash flow quadrant and in the E quadrant, it talks about the highest earners pay what percentage in uh, income tax, roughly, Joey? Uh, 40%. Okay. And then you move down into the S quadrant, the self-employed people, the highest earners pay how much? And like it's 50 or 60%. <laughs> right. Now, if you go over to the B quadrant, right, people who are, are, are working out of corporations, what's the highest earners in that category pay? Roughly 20%. I think. Yeah. And the I quadrant people are paying zero, right? If they do it right, there lies the reason behind why tax strategy and investing becomes most important. If we can start getting the investments to produce passive income to us, getting cash flow from them, and we can reduce or eliminate or offset a portion or all of our active incomes that we have, now we actually work in the most efficient manner where we actually have more money to invest, creating more passive income streams. Eventually, if you're 100% in the I quadrant, you don't have to take any of that money uh, you could just borrow against it, right? Go get a line of credit against it. it's a loan. You never have to pay taxes. That's why they, they say they pay zero in taxes is because they end up never touching assets. They just borrow against the, the assets and they put money in their pocket 
that is subject to loan, which is not subject to uh, income tax rules, right? So there's reasons there. The appreciation side is a is the third thing that we put in there. It's not a deal breaker for us if it doesn't exist, but it, you know, it has to have those first two criteria have to be so great that we wouldn't want it because if you can get some lumpy cash, right, you can get a two x three x multiple on the deal on the back end. It just allows for us then to multiply what we're going right. to do thereafter and accelerate from there. Yeah, let's talk about the the second thing, which is so we we really hit on kind of our investment criteria decisions, and I don't think that's probably too different than what you expected from us, but we wanted to give a little meat around there because we're going to be making investments based upon that criteria here over the next month, actually. the But the second thing is that maybe outside of the box, maybe you're one of those where in, in the five things that you need to do a deal, right? We talk about the motor, the redneck motor, the, the money, the opportunity, the time, the experience, the relationship. Maybe you got the odor, right? You, 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 you like it in the motor, but you got the odor part, right? <laughs> and, and one of the things that I think that for some, that this is an opportunity, a real opportunity, is us bringing ideas to you that doesn't always require the M, the money. And one of the things that we've been digging into for the last probably six months, really strong, is in the affiliate marketing space. And when sometimes people hear the affiliate market, they're like, wait a second, am I going to be doing a Tupperware party in my front, you know, living room? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Tupperware parts. But we are talking about there's people who built products, right? Built courses, built groups, whatever it may be, that they're selling them and they're looking for people who can help sell those products for them to their audience and get paid a commission, right? No different than if they, they have a sales force, they're paying you as a sales force, you're, right. you're able to do that. And, you know, we've, we've been building products for a number of years. We've had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people purchase them that goes on our passive income report every single month that are courses. But what we have not done well is go out there and find people to buy or to sell our products outside of our own community, nor have we aligned with too many opportunities where we could be an affiliate. So there's a criteria though. People want to know, well, what's the criteria you're going to use if, if you're going to be an affiliate? What's ours, Joey? Everybody's going to have their own, but what's ours? What do you think the three big criteria that people should consider and what did we consider within those? So just to, just to clarify, you're saying when we affiliate with other people's products, what are the reasons that we would do that? Yeah, I think everybody needs to know what the big three is. Like if I'm yeah. going to be an affiliate for somebody, what are the big three? We're using the same criteria. Yeah, so number one, I got to believe in the product or service. I got to know that that product or service adds value to the people that I care about. Like the so, people that God's entrusted to me to share this with, I need to make sure that the product itself, the service, is something that's going to add value to their life. So, but also, I would say even deeper than that, like, I definitely agree with that. If you don't believe in it, you're not going to sell it. But what you're really looking for there is a connection. There has yeah. to be some connection to who you are and what you do. Otherwise, it's always going to feel odd. Like, if I start selling, uh, you know, like supplemental, you know, like health supplements on, on, on this podcast, you guys are going to be like, that seems weird. I know, like, Joey and I are, are very health conscious. We spend a lot of money on on taking care of our health. I bet we, between the two of us, we spent over well over a hundred thousand dollars this year on, 
on preventative things, not like surgeries, like stuff that we did in supplements, uh, coaches that we have. True. Yeah, I would easy. So, so it, but if we start selling health supplements on this podcast, it's going to seem weird. It's just not connected. Right. Exactly. So, so what, what would you say? So the first step, you got to have connection. What, what would you say the next big block for people should be? The second thing is if whoever is going to, I'm going to affiliate with, they need to have some sort of delivery system, right? A way in which they are providing that product or service in a reliable, consistent way. It's got to be easy to consume. It's got to have a result. Like there, there's some sort of hey, do this, get this result. Do this, follow this process, get this result. If it's not, if it's just kind of like this willy-nilly, like, oh, yeah, just call me and we'll take care of them, uh, I, that doesn't give me peace of mind that there's going to be a, a a way that I can stand behind whatever they're talking about. So uh, some sort of reli- um, repeatable process, whether, right. and there's all sort of, like if you see, start looking for, uh, places that you might affiliate with, look and ask questions like, "Hey, where does your course or group lot? Is does it sit on you know Teachable or Udemy or um, Thinkific or uh, Mighty Networks? Right? Is there some sort of delivery system that you've already pulled it together and I can connect to it? So, do I have a connection to the product? And what does the delivery process system look like? What would you say the third thing is? I think the last thing is there needs to be some sort of way to track the actual referral itself or that that relationship. So if I'm going to be an affiliate and you say, hey, I'll just let you know if someone ever contacts us. Yeah, that's interesting, but it's just not, it's got to be reliable, right? It's got to be some way that I know that people are connecting with that brand or that person and that they are then going to actually be giving credit to whoever has referred them. So that, that to me is important. What well, a reliable, a, a reliable schedule, right? Like a detailed statement that's being presented. So what I would say is that if you're going to be an affiliate of somebody, have them show you an example of what one of their other affiliates is receiving. Like, yeah, hey, or a dashboard or something. Yeah, like, like show me the dashboard. Hey, go ahead and, you know, you can, um, you know, block off the names, right? I don't need to see anybody's names, but show me an example of what your other affiliates are receiving to know that they're just didn't start it because you don't necessarily want to be the guinea pig. Otherwise it may not work out well. So if you're looking to become an affiliate, what's the opportunity, Joey? What do you expect us in 2024 to create as far as passive income? What is your goal for us? As far as what we're going to produce through affiliate income? I, I think we can it, we can go past a million dollars this year. There you what go. You yeah, no, I, I believe so. And the reason why is not because we're just like saying, hey, I hope we'll do a million dollars. Sound like a good number. Who does it like seven figures? Is that we invested 30 something, 40 something thousand dollars in a company who has helped other people do this very thing, right? They had a process that they did. They actually helped us go through, create a criteria for who to hire helped us go through the hiring process. Now we actually have hired an affiliate manager. So big thing for us, we didn't talk about this. Right. Big thing for us, everything has to happen, has has to have an operator. If they don't have an operator, we're not going to do it. So we've actually gone and hired a manager to do that. So I, I say this just because when you see maybe an opportunity for you to get connected into something, does it have a connection to what you're already doing? 
do you have a, does the person that you're affiliated with have a delivery system that you feel confident? Have you gone through it? Have you seen results, right? If Joey and I talk about a deal, one, we'll disclose that we're doing it, but two, rest assured that we're doing it. We're going through the process. And if we find out it's not working immediately, we will cancel. Like there's not enough money that we would get paid if we don't feel like it works. So we've, we've talked about several things on this podcast, land geek, right? That Mark, Mark Podolsky is a, a, a proud sponsor of the West Wild Wall Street show. Like you and I have built a, a million dollar land flipping business through that process. We've seen hundreds, if not thousands of people over the last six years in that process win happily, happily uh, love them as a sponsor. Uh, Neil Twa, their, their process with Voltage, helping you buy online uh, and create online e-commerce businesses, building brands. We've seen members in our Passive Income Mastermind who built eight-figure e-commerce businesses by utilizing their exact model. Happily okay to affiliate with them. I could go on and on and on, but these are the examples that for us, did we do it or did someone close to us do that process and we saw it work out? We say, okay, great. We can get behind this. All right. So the first thing we talked about is that we wanted to make sure what are the investment criteria that we're making? What's another strategy that we can be creating passive income, become an affiliate. So as we wrap up, this is kind of lightning around here, Joey, let's talk about before you move on. I know we got to do lightning round, but if you want to become an affiliate of wealth without wall street, like you are a fan of wealth without wall street, you want to be a part of our growth and you want to, you know, get a benefit from that. Email us at info at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com because we are actively putting that system together right now and you will be the first one on the list. Uh, reach out to us so we can see if you'd be a good fit. So info at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. Just put affiliate in the subject line. So keep going, Russ. Sorry. All right. I, I love the plug, man. Shameless plug. You know that my low, C, my low C wants to go fast. All right. Biggest win in 2023. For me, it was finding an operator for 100unicorns.com to get Amazon of uh, Amazon business started. And man, we're about to hit the ground running in 2024. Look out. Russ is going to be shamed so hard in 2024. You're not going to want to miss that. And the second thing is we exited our short-term rental business. That to me was a huge win. We got to a point we said, we're not going to continue to grow from this unless we put in way more time, way more money, way more energy. And we were the bottleneck keeping it from growing. And we were able to hand that to our operator and still continue to get paid on that through a loan. Man, that, that to me is a huge one. What about you? Trav, I'm never, never shocked that Joey puts 100 unicorns in front of something that was a six-figure exit <laughs> that he is so deluded in his vision for these stupid unicorns. Oh, my Dude, you want to see a six-figure exit? I'll the, show you a seven-figure exit, okay? The, the just, biggest just keep, win keep should waiting. have been you selling that thing three years ago, but okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> for, for me, uh, big, biggest win, I think, is, uh, you know, figuring out all the things that we didn't want to do. To be honest, like, there's so many things that we should have uh, avoided starting in 2023, but there's a lot of things that we could have started that would have been a bigger disaster. I know that I'm not going to start any more businesses for my kids. They're going to have to start them. I had breakfast with one of them today. He said, hey, where you at? I'll buy that uh you know, getting me the the business that we need to buy a lot. Oh, yeah, done that. Okay, never mind. I, I I know I could go buy that business tomorrow. I could I could do it. But the problem is, is that then it's my thing. It's not their thing. 
I'm, I tried that with the short-term rental business, didn't work. I tried that with the turbo business, didn't work. I'm not going into that process. So biggest thing for me is figuring out all the things that I don't want to do because I like to do everything. So that was a huge win for me. All right, now let's talk about most excited in 2024 as we wrap up. All right, for me, I'm excited that we have operators in place, that we have spent time getting to know, that we have an intimate knowledge of their business model, what they're trying to accomplish. We are aligned with them and that we're going to be able to uh, deploy, you know, three to $400,000 here very soon into their business models that are going to meet the criteria, cash flow and tax strategies and appreciation. I'm excited to see where that's going to run in, in 2024. How about yourself? Well, I, I think that you you stole my thunder a second ago with this affiliate business saying that we're going to make a million dollars. And I, I too believe that that's an opportunity. I think we're going to get there. And the reason I believe we're going to get there is because we actually have hired an operator, somebody with success in their track, uh, in their past. And we've built a model. We've taken almost six months to build this out and we have the framework. So it's not a hope-based strategy. There's a lot of reliability behind what we've already done. So I do believe that in of itself will help us grow to 25% or greater, right? So I'm calling that we're going to grow 25% or greater in this passive income report over 2024. And we're making a lot of investment decisions based upon our criteria that we've talked about earlier. And we're making a lot of investments into this affiliate manager to not only affiliate our own courses and products that we've already built, but also to, to share the connections that we already have kind of that vertical integration. And they all should align with what you're doing and what your, your journey is. And if we see a connection to help you become financially free, we're going to be adding those affiliate partners. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you uh, found value as we talked about ways to to grow as an investor, <laughs> new ideas that help us uh, and making sure that they're aligned with who we are as investors so that you become financially free or get a lot closer in 2024. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.